0: Nicola
1: Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and looking forward to the long Jubilee Bank holiday weekend. We'll be hearing from the Queen's representative in Kent in just a bit. But first today on Wednesday, June the 1st, the Kent Online podcast has been told people are missing medical appointments because they simply can't afford the petrol to get there. Prices at the forecourts have reached another record high, and there's a warning it'll get even worse within days. A litre of unleaded is now around one pound seventy-three, with diesel costing even more. The Chancellor cut fuel duty back in March, you may remember, but many motorists didn't notice any difference. Well, I've been speaking to Kent campaigner Howard Cox, who's from Fair Fuel UK.
2: Oh, it, it's. Cr- crippling to small businesses, uh, haulage businesses, you know, everything we buy in the shops arrive in the truck. And therefore it's impacting on inflation, the economy uh, and disposable income for people, drivers, motorists. We're even getting a situation whereby I'm getting supporters and uh, motorists who are actually writing to me saying they can't afford to even get in the car to go to a medical appointment. These are the sorts of issues that are happening now and the government have got to get on top of it.
1: We heard about a very small cut in fuel duty at the mini-budget earlier in the year. It doesn't seem that that made any difference whatsoever. I mean, certainly people contacting us said they didn't notice any difference. In fact, they thought prices at the forecourts went up the day before that announcement came in. I mean, what does the Chancellor need to do now, do you think?
2: Any other time, a 5p cut in fuel duty, plus the 20% on that making it 6p cut, we would have been shouting through the roof off, fantastic, great news. But when pump prices go up 3 to 4p in a day, though, though, that uh, fuel duty cut would be swallowed up. But it wasn't passed on by most of the fuel supply chain. And that's one of the things we need to investigate. Three things he needs to do, um, uh, the Chancellor and Boris Johnson and Grant Shacks. Uh, that, that's the Treasury uh, Department, the Department of Transport, and of course, the Prime Minister number 10. And this is this. One is introduce pump watch. And we've been calling for an independent pricing watchdog for a long, long time. And pump watch really would actually help us actually clarify how pump prices are um, positioned and arrived at. We have no idea when oil goes up or oil goes down what we'll be paying at the pumps the following couple of weeks. We just need transparency and fairness. If we could get that, that'd be wonderful. And that's why we're calling for pump watch. Secondly, I think we should have a, a competition a market authority investigation into the fuel supply chain where did that fuel duty cap go what what happened to it was it swallowed up by greedy um, retailers i don't think it's the retailers now I, I must say this again i most retailers i speak to and they contact me on very low margins the profits are being made the huge profits being made are further up the fuel supply chain with wholesalers and of course those oil speculators faceless people who actually are thriving on this volatility in the global oil supply market. And finally, the last thing is he needs to cut fuel duty. And I don't mean just 5p, I mean something like 10 to 20 pence. That's needed. He is absolutely uh, wallowing in a shed load of extra VAT because of the high prices currently. So to cut a long story short, that's what he needs to do.
1: You mentioned their pump watch, which I know we've spoken about before. Why do you think there is a resistance to do that? Because, as you say, you've campaigned for this for a very long time.
2: Yeah, I've been campaigning for six years, and I've got a lot of support from backbenchers. All we want is a voluntary code at the moment. We don't need to have a, a full-blown uh, off-gym, off-com type body which has legislative teeth. We just want honesty and transparency and fairness. We want everyone in the fuel supply chain to make a healthy profit. We want that. But at the moment, with all the calculations I've done, pump prices should be 10 to 15p lower. And here's the thing: why is diesel 9p cheaper in wholesale terms, and yet 12p more at the pumps? That's it doesn't make any than petrol. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And those are the sorts of things we need to understand. There are 37 million drivers in this country. They don't have any consumer price protection whatsoever, and yet this resource is vital to our economy and everyone's lives
1: we've been looking at some prices around kent today and at the services at medway on the m2 i know services are always a bit more expensive but diesel is pretty much at two pounds a litre now i mean that's just going to become unmanageable isn't it for an awful lot of people you said you mentioned there some people can't afford to get to gp appointments i mean that's that's awful
2: study we did a survey at about seven thousand responses and those people were saying that they use their car for going to medical treatments you know whether it's dialysis or whether they have been going to cancer tre- treatment, all those sorts of things, chemotherapy, those sorts of things, something like 11% of those. And that's round or, or the people that answer that question is about 900. So around about 90 people are not going to their medical treatments because they can't afford to fill their car up. Oh, that is just unbelievable. And we're also finding small businesses, especially the uh, uh, people that uh, uh, do you know, our wonderful delivery, uh, uh, trade, et cetera, or we're looking at the internet delivery cycles, they are working incredibly to low margins and a, a penny increase, a two penny increase on fuel is crippling for these people.
1: How realistic do you think it is that the Chancellor will take some action? I mean, he, you're putting an awful lot of pressure on him. So are a lot of other people. Do you think anything's going to happen?
2: I understand something's going to happen. It was nice at the weekend that Boris Johnson came out and said, It's disgusting that the 5p cutting duty wasn't passed on. There's no legislation about actually they don't have to pass it on. This is what I'm finding out now, which I find incredible. I can't believe that this is the process. That's got to stop. A tax is a tax is a tax and they should be paid back to the government and they should pay their fair taxes. They've had a, a nice benefit of a 5p cut, 6p with the VAT. They don't have the extra P. They don't have to pay back to the government. They should be passing it on to consumers. Drivers UK drivers are still the highest taxed in the world. They need some support at the moment and they are the heart of the economy.
1: As I mentioned prices are set to rise again after the EU agreed to ban most Russian oil imports. Our sister radio station KMFM has been asking in a Twitter poll today if you think fuel duty should be cut further. Unsurprisingly perhaps 96% of you say yes. You can still vote in that poll and share your comments today via our socials.
0: Kent Online News.
1: A teenager's been detained after allegedly robbing a boy at Knife Point. The victim was riding a scooter along Darnley Road in Strood when someone flashed a knife before stealing the scooter. Officers stopped a 16-year-old suspect at Rochester Station. He's been charged and is due in court. Elsewhere, two teenagers have been taken to hospital after a crash involving an e-scooter and a car in Gillingham. One of the boys remains in a serious condition in hospital after it happened on Featherby Road yesterday morning. Crash investigators are appealing for dashcam or CCTV footage of what happened. The Home Office says it's begun issuing formal directions to asylum seekers who will be relocated to Rwanda. The first flight to the African nations expected to happen on the 14th of June. Ministers insist the controversial policy, which was announced in Kent earlier this year, will stamp out people smuggling to the UK. However, it's facing a series of legal challenges. Now, Kent's police and crime commissioner is accusing the Met of trying to poach the county's best officers. As part of a major recruitment drive, the London force is offering new officers a £5,000 incentive to join them. But Matthew Scott has called that selfish and says it puts pressure on Kent Police to fill the gap.
3: Because the Met Police and the Mayor of London are failing to meet their recruitment targets under the Uplift programme, the 20,000 extra officers that the government are delivering, uh, they're seeking to take officers from other police forces with the promise of a welcome bonus. Um, I want police officers to be better paid. I've always campaigned for that Uh, but this is a a problem for us because they will take our experienced officers away at a time when we're trying to recruit more um, on the promise of of a payment. It it causes a number of risks and concerns around uh, how we'll be able to get those numbers back in and ultimately it raises questions about oversight of the Metropolitan Police by the Mayor that they've been allowed to carry on with this problem. So I'm working with MPs and uh, we'll be lobbying government to try and make sure that we have a level Playing field. The Met has dismissed
1: his comments, instead claiming it was taking bold steps to recruit a number of officers in the next 10 months. News on how police are struggling with the rising cost of living for you will be coming up a bit later in the podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Scammers
1: have stolen around £8,000 from a pensioner in Swanley. The victim, who's in his 60s, was contacted by a man claiming to represent the Metropolitan Police and was instructed to withdraw large sums of cash to be collected by a courier in order to take fingerprints. Now, officers have released images of those believed to be involved. Anyone with information should contact the police. Elsewhere, CCTV has been released of a man officers are looking for after a shop worker was racially abused in Sevenoaks. The suspect is said to have become aggressive before being told to leave Tesco in Asia Way in Riverhead. You can see that picture by heading to the website. As promised, we've got news today that more than one in ten police officers are struggling to make ends meet and it's according to the results of a survey seen by the Kent Online podcast. 130,000 members of the Police Federation were invited to take part at the end of last year, actually before the cost of living crisis really took hold. More than half also said their morale was low, up from just 48% the previous year. Neil Many is from the Kent Police Federation and has been speaking to our reporter, Leisha Gallagher.
3: Every year, the Police Federation publish a national survey uh, into the pay and morale of police officers right across the country. And from that, they're able to... Um, deliver a force-by-force results, as it were. So we've got the national survey and we've also got the results uh, that impact our colleagues here in Kent.
4: And the main thing that sort of stands out is the fact that obviously 13% of Kent police officers, so they don't have enough money to cover the essentials. It's a trend we've kind of seen across the country in all walks of life. But for it to be happening to police officers, who are our key workers did this come as a shock to you, or were you kind of expecting it with the sort of current financial climate that we're in?
3: No, unfortunately, it wasn't unexpected. Uh, we were very disappointed to receive uh, no pay rise at all uh, last year following the pandemic. And it was very disappointing that we've got an inde- independent police pay and review body that looks or should look at our pay and conditions to which we submit evidence along with others. But disappointingly, the Home Secretary. Wrote to that uh, body and basically hamstrung it so that it couldn't actually award us what it would find. So at the moment, uh, we need to have an independent pay body where the results of that are actually binding so that at least we get a fair amount of pay. And you're absolutely right, this is a difficult time for everybody. This isn't about us trying to differentiate from anyone else who's struggling, it is literally just seeking what we consider to be a fair pay award. For, for our officers.
4: that kind of leads me on to my next question actually which was you know not only did we have the 13% saying they couldn't afford the essentials but actually almost half of officers saying they are worried about money do you think that's kind of just the case of rising cost of living making you know everyone a little bit more stressed about money in the future or do you think there is sort of a wider issue like we've seen hospital staff saying they're not paid enough is a key workers do you think underappreciated and, and they should be paid more
3: yeah, I don't think police officers are alone, absolutely. And I can only speak for our officers, but it, it does concern me. Kent isn't the cheapest county to live in. And obviously our officers, they want to have families. They want to buy property, hopefully, and all those things. But I think we're, we've not only was there not a pay rise the last time, but I think given the fact now that we're seeing all other costs escalate, you know, things like petrol and fuel for getting to and from work, because sometimes our officers have to travel a fair distance, um, shopping, rent. All of these things are having an impact uh, on, on our officers. And it's, it, it is a, a endemic of a wider problem at the moment. But I'm afraid uh, we've been suffering with this for some time. So it didn't come as a, to, to us as a surprise when we saw those results.
4: And another thing I kind of wanted to touch on was the fact that 78% of respondents said that morale in Kent Police feels low right now. Do you think that does purely come from that sort of financial worry feeling underappreciated or is there sort of more at play there? I mean, recently we've seen quite a damning report come out about the way Kent police deal with certain elements of crimes like domestic abuse. There must be an immense sort of pressure on all levels of the police right now, professionally as well. Not only, you know, that they're not being paid enough, but there's there's a lot of pressure on them uh, with these articles coming out.
3: There are a lot of pressures and you're quite right in what you say. And when when negative publicity and stories come out, quite horrendous stories about other police officers, not necessarily in this course, then, you know, my colleagues do get affected by that. It does upset them because the vast majority are trying to do a good and professional job but I think at the moment, it's a number of factors that lead to officers feeling low. And we're still in a stage where we've got far more work than we have officers. An officer workload is an important one. So if you've got a lot of work on the go in what is already a stressful job, don't get me wrong, it's a great career. It's a fantastic job, but it does come with pressures and high workloads. And I think it's a number of different things that are probably eaten away to make officers feel a bit lower than they should do at the moment.
0: Kent Online reports.
1: There are calls for improvements to a stretch of road near Folkestone after a girl was seriously injured after being hit by a car. Mayor McFadden was knocked down as she crossed Canterbury Road in Densol on her way home from school. The 11-year-old spent five days in hospital with a collapsed lung, broken ribs, cuts and bruises. Her parents want a crossing installed and speed restrictions put in place. Bosses in Thanet say they're investigating a man's death under the Health and Safety Act. Eric Town died from his injuries after falling from a height at Westgate United Services Club where he worked. Thanet Council's looking into what happened and have expressed their sincere condolences. The club says he was much loved and a valued employee. A group of elderly people from Kent have been left stranded, hungry and tired after their first holiday since the pandemic was cancelled mid-flight. They'd travelled from Canterbury, Herne Bay, Whitstable and Hythe and were heading to the Isle of Man from Gatwick. However, due to high winds the flight was forced to land at Manchester where they waited for three hours before being sent back home. EasyJet has apologised and will reimburse the group. It's been claimed a new tunnel under the Thames linking Kent and Essex will only reduce traffic using the current Dartford crossing by 4%. The £8.2 billion Lower Thames crossing from Gravesend to Tilbury has been designed to ease congestion, but an action group says traffic modelling shows just a small reduction and not the 22% promise back in 2018. A consultation into revised plans is currently taking place.
3: Kent Online Reports.
1: Now ahead of the long Jubilee weekend, we've been speaking to the Queen's Representative in Kent. Lady Bella colgrain is a Lord Lieutenant and carries out duties on Her Majesty's behalf. She'll be at a Thanksgiving service at St. Paul's Cathedral in London, which forms part of the national celebrations. I've been speaking to her and started by asking how she was feeling ahead of the weekend.
0: Oh gosh, I'm getting excited already. Um and it looks like it's going to be a wonderfully sunny weekend as well, so which is fantastic. Um, there's going to be so many parties going on. Um, I think Kent is going to excel. <laughs> I think we've got over 600 roads have been closed for street parties. Um, and I've got a really full weekend, which I, um, which is going to be fantastic. So um, uh, starting with lighting a beacon.
1: Um, I was saying today, as you mentioned, how many street parties there are. And I seem to be getting more and more press releases every single day about events that are going on. Do you think... It's kind of it's ramped up, hasn't it? And Kent has suddenly realised actually this is a really big occasion. I mean, it's something we're yeah. never ever going to see again. And it seems to I've got my bunting out, put that out at the weekend. It seems <laughs> the, the general the general mood has kind of lifted, and everyone's looking forward to it.
0: It's suddenly lifted. Up. It really has. And as you said, I don't think we will ever see a jubilee again. Not even. I mean, I have a um, three week old grandchild. And I doubt if if he will even see a Jubilee in, in, in his lifetime. It's it's extraordinary to think that. Um, maybe a 25, maybe a silver silver jubilee in his lifetime, but but this is an extraordinary event. This is our opportunity to go out and celebrate it and to say, you know, she spent the last 70 years basically going out and thanking everybody for the wonderful things that they're doing and being a um a unifying force to everyone and this is our opportunity to say thank you to her for everything that she has done throughout her life.
1: How do you think she will view that because it it came across at the the pageant the other day that she was at that perhaps she she doesn't take the the praise and the fact you know she's quite humble about that and and she she does her service and and she doesn't complain about it what do you think she will make of all the celebrations and us wanting to say thank you to her
0: yeah as you say I don't I think she she thinks that she's just doing um a normal day's work I think it's sort of um her her duty she dedicated her her life to the to the service of this country when she was 21 and I think she doesn't really in, in her own private life go for much pomp and ceremony so um but I think she'll recognize that it's you know, how wonderful it is for everybody to be able to have a party especially you know, we've come through a very difficult two years
1: absolutely and and how does it feel to be the queen's representative in Kent at this extraordinarily special time I mean you must be feel you must feel hugely honored yourself as well oh,
0: goodness I feel proud to be to be her representative um and it's wonderful going around and seeing how much I'm welcomed as her representative. Um, everybody is, is, is thrilled to know that their work is being recognized in 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 one way or another. Um, and it's been a huge honor to have been, um, to, to be Her Majesty's representative. Um, I only took over yep. as Lord Lieutenant two years ago, just over two years ago. So we were already into lockdown, but, um, it 's been and sadly um I know that Her Majesty has been to Kent many times over the last 70 years but of course not in the last in the last two years so it hasn't been my my honor to welcome her to the to the, to the county um but I know that the last time she came was actually to go to um Robbish Legion Industries um which um is it was 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 a a wonderful occasion.
1: Elsewhere, a replica of the Crown Jewels is going on display in Rochester as part of Jubilee events in the town. They're going to be on show at Eastgate House on the High Street, along with flowers reflecting the bouquet from the Queen's coronation in 1953. The display will run until July. Meantime an office block in Chatham has been transformed into a tribute for the Queen. Around 250 windows in Mountbatten House near the Pentagon shopping centre have been coloured purple or blacked out to create the image of the Queen's royal logo and the number 70. It'll be on display from tonight until next Thursday. The QE2 bridge linking Kent and Essex which was opened by Her Majesty in 1991 has also been lit up. You can see pictures of it glowing red, white and blue at Kent Online Well, we've got details loads of events happening in Kent and where beacons are being lit across the county. You can find details on interactive maps within the stories at Kent Online. One for after the Jubilee celebrations and David Williams is going to be coming to Blue Water. He'll be meeting fans and signing copies of his new children's book The World's Worst Pets at the shopping centre next Wednesday. The book features ten stories about fictional creatures including a magician's rabbit, a supersonic tortoise and a monstrous goldfish. And finally this is one of our most read stories today. A takeaway in Canterbury has come under fire after a customer complained over the size of their pizza. Reporter Joe Wright has a story for us.
5: The pizza was meant to be 15 inches in width, but the customer got out their tape measure and uh, learned that it was in fact two inches shy of that and came in at 13 inches. Um, so, unhappy, they took the matter up with Westgate Pizza, the delivery firm. Um, and ended up getting a full refund for their purchase. Uh, But still unhappy, they voiced their frustration on Facebook um, and said that they expect if they order a 15-inch pizza, it should be 15 inches. Um, The post has ended up going viral, um, and a split opinion with some people siding with the pizza shop, other people siding with the customer's complaint. Uh, But I've spoken with Westgate Pizza and staff there say it's horrible to see um, this complaint go so viral. And they've defended themselves, saying that any pizza which goes in the oven is going to end up shrinking in size somewhat. And they say this is regular for, for, for any pizza business. They, they cook the pizza in a 15-inch pan. It then goes in the oven and it comes out a little bit smaller than that. And then to make it stuffed crust, that then also slightly shrinks the size so they say that the criticism is unfair and they offered a full refund and apologized but it seems opinion is split on the matter.
1: Thanks ever so much, Joe. Well, you can head to Kent Online to see pictures of the pizza being measured.
5: Kent Online
3: sports.
1: Cricket and Kent travel to Gloucestershire in the T20 blast, still looking for their first win in the competition. The defending champions have suffered defeats to Somerset, Essex and Sussex. Play gets underway in Bristol at 6.30 tonight. We will, of course, have details for you in breakfast bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, tomorrow morning. And in football, Gillingham are going to travel to take on Southend United as part of their pre-season campaign. The match will be on July the 23rd, a week before the league season gets underway when, of course, Gillingham will be playing in League 2. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. And don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online Premium site by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And watched it on the site today, you can find out about all of the people who were locked up in Kent over the past months,
0: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Sayat, and Vauxhall.